What is going on, guys? And uh, welcome back to another episode of the Listen Whilst You Step. And today, you get to not listen to me just ramble to myself for half an hour. We have uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Sam, on. Um, I'm not going to blow your trumpet too much with an introduction. I'll let yourself do uh, a little bit of an introduction to yourself, who you are, what you do, um, maybe a little bit of background as well. It'll be absolutely epic. Sounds good, man. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm a Brit in Sydney. I'm 29 years old. I've been a PT for five, six years now but I've been in sports and training since I was a kid, same as Sai. Um, originally rugby and martial arts, jiu-jitsu. Um, university, played rugby at a high level, but got into my training when I was kind of, you know, 14, 15, but just didn't really have any idea of what I was doing. So it was a load of crappy bro advice and mindless powerlifting with no structure and no range of motion. Um, and I was a bit of a chubby kid, just, you know, mum didn't know anything about nutrition, like, and uh, then she did Slimming World and she lost six stone and I started to get educated on the subject in my teens, stopped boozing so much, stopped eating quite so much pizza. Um, and when I was at uni, I decided to join the Navy and had to get myself from 116 kilos down to 95 because for some reason the military still uses BMI as a metric. So I had to get myself from obese to healthy. Um, and I did, I did, yeah, 20, 22 kilos in six months, like entirely self-directed just by going full hand discipline on myself. Um, and then my fitness got a lot better. I started to get into CrossFit. So did powerlifting, Olympic lifting, gymnastics. And that's where my kind of horizon started to expand. And then coupling with the fact that I'd always done martial arts, I, uh, yeah, decided to start to move into a more kind of functional mobility space and kind of count myself as an all-around trainer there literally isn't anyone I can't train I'm just not a specialist in that um left the navy for some personal reasons um got into a sales job and that's when I did my qualifications as a CrossFit coach in a PT so that was back in 2016 um and then decided I hated the sales job I had after a year broke up with my missus sold everything I owned moved to Thailand became a scuba diving instructor for six months with my one friend who I had there and then moved to Tiger Muay Thai in Phuket, where I was a full-time PT and CrossFit coach for a year. Met my current missus, moved to Sydney, been a trainer at a gym in Sydney for two years, and I've been coaching online for five, six months now. Dude, now that's a hell of a story, isn't it? It's a bit of an adventure, man. That is an exciting years. Yeah, I can imagine. Jeez, I feel I feel like I need to get out into the world after hearing that. Um, well, dude, you've had a one-track thing, you know. You've got you've got time to catch up. Yeah, well, that's that's my that's my plan now. Is uh, next three to five years, just fucking send it, see how many cool places we can see, make some cool memories. Um, I find it really interesting because we literally have such a similar kind of background of how we got into um, basically the fitness industry and just yep. fitness in general. How was it you initially got into the gym through the rugby or just a friend? Or yeah, I think it was the, it was rugby and friends like when I was young my dad used to train a lot right like he's in finance all my family's in finance but in his mid-40s he was like in really good shape and I remember going to the gym with him as a in like an early teen and just being like wow you know dumbbell curling like 22s 24s or whatever I don't even remember exactly but I just thought dang like the guy was fit and I mean he used to play rugby as well so I started to get into it with friends but I had no idea what I was doing and it wasn't too long after that that my dad had a pretty bad disc injury like just related to lots of time spent in office chairs, et cetera. And so I no longer had him to go with anymore. So I started to just kind of wing it with mates. Um, and it, we didn't really have much direction at the rugby club I was playing with at the time because I was playing for Chelmsford. I was playing for my school. I was playing for Essex. I was playing for Eastern Counties. So I was playing at a pretty high level, but we didn't really have like SNC coaches in the juniors. So I just kind of made it up and did 
a mixture of bodybuilding and powerlifting, but kind of with no plan. And I probably did that consistently for like three or four years. And I got strong, but like kind of directionlessly strong. And I didn't really understand, you know, range of motion or power development or the forces or anything like that. Even though I was from a really scientific background, like I said, I went on to study engineering and be in the Navy as an engineer. I didn't really relate that to fitness at the time. Plus I knew nothing about nutrition and a healthy lifestyle. So um, that kind of cemented my prop forward position. Yeah, you're a prop, are you? I was, and then I started to get fit with the CrossFit at uni, and then they moved me to blindside flanker because they were like, there's a 95 kilo guy who can run and tackle. We'll put him at flanker. It's like having, you know, I was a prop, and they were like, it's having three flankers on the pitch because he's fit. He's just fat. <laughs> just there, just there, 90 kilos of killing people can get exactly, around the pitch. Exactly. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I find it really interesting because I think, well, as I got into like when I started playing reasonable level rugby, there started to be a little bit of support in terms of that strength conditioning and actually helping people do it the right way. But there wasn't a huge amount. Whereas now it's huge. I've got one client. Um, I train the dad and the son. Um, he's only like 14, 15. He's got like full SNC programs, everything. They help monitor nutrition, give nutrition guidance. Incredible to see. Because I think if awesome. that's one, one of the reasons that I do what I do is because I don't think there's enough of that in schools and things like that. They go and teach you how, they go and teach you how to do fucking algebra, but they won't teach you how to fucking keep your body healthy and so that you can live totally. a long, a long ha- happy, fulfilled life. Um, totally. Which is nuts. Um, but it's really interesting because I, I, I was lucky. I kind of got in through a strength into, into the gym through like a strength conditioning program. So I was really lucky to be around incredible coaches since literally like 11 years old. So I was really lucky in that front, but then it's amazing as I came out of that, then like the bro, the bro and me came out and I kind of got carried away with that because I'd almost been sheltered from yeah. it so much. So I do think no, I, really- I, totally, I totally understand. Like I, we obviously we had PE and we had a bit of gym. We had a gym at my high school, but like no one, I, no one I knew really used it because we we're all nerds. Like I went to a grammar school where, you know, everyone was there on selective academics. So even the sports teams were nerds. Um, I kind of started to get that education when I was at unique because I went to Loughborough. So like I had options of UCL, Imperial, etc. but I went to the sporting capital of England and, you know, the intention was for me to play rugby um about six months in I decided it was too clicky and I hated it and I wasn't good enough to be in the first team and I ended up playing American football for two years and just focusing on the martial arts but um that was when we first started to get SNC input from coaches like at a team level you know like one to four one to six kind of thing and that was really really cool but by then if you've done any damage you've probably done it because it's those early years where you you are you can be a fucking idiot in the gym so uh, like, i know i know i definitely was in, in times um but dude i want to talk about your transformation a little bit more because i think in just even how you can help inspire people quite often it's literally just from your own story um and obviously totally. to kind of do that in such a like a six months to lose 22 kilos it's funny <laughs> i lost the 20 kilos in the 20 so it's literally almost the same um yeah. But kind of where were you like, say, let's go like just pre that course. You mentioned that like kind of mum didn't know around nutrition and things like that. And she did Slimming World. Just paint a little bit of a picture for myself and obviously the listeners um, around kind of yeah, where totally. you were before. Totally. So my my mum when I was young was like, she's five of one and she was something like 16 and a half stone. So like she was really, really large. And you can't see any pictures of her anywhere from that time because she's done a full cleanse because she looks great now. She's like 10 stone, really slim. Is it? But um, 
and my dad was like I said had just been injured so he'd started to put on some weight he wasn't exercising as much and just our household just didn't know much about it you know we we're always very much like the old oh, big boned myth but you know back when I was 13 14 it would be like turkey twizzlers and potato tots for dinner that kind of bullshit um, which is no good for anybody um, but yeah like she started to learn about it as I was going off to uni because like I was like I said I was a nerd I was a year up at high school so I went to uni at 17 and graduated at 20 so I was really really young to be studying um, but like I still had no education and when I went up there I was in catered halls for two of my three years so the meals were like help yourself cafe stuff cafeteria style and I would be like the guy who would have a plate of the slices of pizza and then a plate of the potato tots and the baked beans and it was just you know anything goes it was it was horrendous couple that with the social life of uni which at the time was booze 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 um especially at Loughborough. yeah with rugby exactly <laughs> Totally. So I was kind of fueled by the jock status of my uni. And yep. I was so thrilled to be reinventing myself as not a nerd anymore. That was like, I'm going to go fucking crazy. <laughs> and to be honest, coupled with the fact that, like I said, I had offers from really good academic institutions. Loughborough was kind of easy. So I didn't really have to concentrate that much, even studying on a physics course and just kind of scraped my way through. So it was party, 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 drink, 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 rugby, 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 lads, lads, lads uh, for two bit, years. Bit, and I don't Totally. And to be honest, I don't know why I don't know why any of the girls even hung out with me because I was a fucking fat cunt. But <laughs> sorry, the Aussie comes out in me. I don't yeah, know. Hey, no, enough. mate, send it. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so like I have got photos that I'll send to you after, which yeah. are horrendous. And you can stick them in the show notes if you want. But um, yeah, like I was the first two years were just animalistic, like straw you know straw pedoing two bottles of wine in 10 seconds kind of stuff like i was an animal of like they even had a drinking team and i was part of that like boat race team and that kind of stuff like i was part of that and one of the Good champions job. and like it was, it was terrible is that enough context now yeah i've got you mate. i'm got you it's, it's, it's funny because like I, w- I wouldn't say i was that full send but like especially like when before my more before my transformation what made me kind of everything catch up with me was like an injury then it was kind of coming out of rugby a little bit bad breakup and then it was also just like going up and getting fucked up and i always say like i the biggest thing that i do not miss is waking up on a fucking sunday morning with the worst beer yeah. fear in the weird world going I agree oh, oh fuck what did i do last night because- i to- totally agree with you totally agree with you and i had so many nights of that at uni but like the reason that i wanted to make that context was like the, the thing for me was going from a nerd school where I was an outcast and I was picked on and for all kinds of different reasons to that opportunity to reinvent myself. I thought that was the person that I wanted to be. And in fact, it, it just wasn't. Um, and I think it was by the time I got to third year of uni and I was kind of in this empty vacuum of like, what do I do now? Um, because I hadn't really loved the course. It didn't engage me. I, you know, I was intelligent enough to do it, but I wasn't interested. Yeah. And the only kind of demo I had was my dad who studied the same thing and then joined Rolls Royce as an engineer. And two years later, I went into their finance department and did finance for 30 years. And I was like, that's probably what I'll do. But then I wanted the activity that I had in my lifestyle. Like I wanted to be active. I wanted to be doing things on my feet. And so I started to think about the military because I was like, how can I combine my you know, technical mind and like love of science and engineering love? with um loving quotes with a desire for an active lifestyle and to be fit and travel and have adventures and for some reason i got fixated on the on the military and it was i was weighing up marines and navy and i don't know why i was weighing up those two marines because i thought more active you know frontline combat get special forces get super fit full send in a different direction and navy was you know career prospects long term 
joining up with an engineering course, you'll get a master's degree as part of it, like set you up for future. And back then I was still young and impressionable enough that I got swayed by my parents. So that's the one I ended up doing. I think if I'd have joined the Marines, I might not be here. Who knows? One of my ifs. Richie, one of my, be- my one of my best mates went into the Marines about uh, two and a half years ago now. He's loving it. I- absolutely loving yeah. it. Um, one of my mates just jo- like joined the Marines when I left England and he got medically discharged and he literally joined the OT last week. So it's funny how things uh, funny how things go around. Yeah, it's crazy. And then I've got another another guy who I trained with quite a bit back home. He um, he actually did. A, I've done a couple of podcasts with him. He did a, one where he interviewed me. Will um, really really interesting. It was a bit weird. Someone interviewing me in my own podcast, but it was cool. Um, yeah, yeah. He, it's something. Any, he, anyway, yeah, it's something he'd always he'd always wanted to do, and then he literally he ended up getting medically di- discharged. Now he's PTing in London. Um, yeah. yeah, it's funny how many people go from military to fitness. But anyway, like I had that decision, and for some reason I chose the navy. I did it for three or four years and hated it. But the military was my motivation. It was an external motivation because it. I was like, I need to not just be fit for this, but like I need to be seen to be fit because they have this external metric that I have no control over and I can't get them to change just for me. They weren't going to take the excuse of, oh, I'm really fit. I play like high level rugby. No, you're not. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. Um, exactly. So yeah. I was like, I need to get my life in order. I need to find some discipline because, you know, otherwise I, when I join, they're going to eat me alive. So basically for the whole of third year of uni, I didn't have a drop of alcohol. I gave up for a year. And I've done that once since, um, but that was one of the biggest Kickstarters. Second, and then the other one was I went into a situation where I could actually start to control my food a bit more. And, you know, partly from my mom, partly from the internet, just started to educate myself around it. And thirdly, that was when I started seriously doing CrossFit. So it was in like the summers during those unis that I really started to incorporate like high intensity training into my workouts. And obviously, you know, some people are for CrossFit, some are against it. I hold a kind of impartial view now because I've coached it. Like I know intimately I can defend it well, but I'm not going to try and convince people. Um, the level of intensity that it started to bring to my training coupled with the small group coaching meant that I actually started to educate. So being at Loughborough in a fitness environment, doing CrossFit, learning about nutrition and just cutting drinking and the weight just fell off me. It's really interesting because that, that ties into something which I massively say with people. People say, oh, I need, I need to do this. I need to do that. They say, I need habit. I need to break habits. I say, fuck your habits. You need an identity shift. Okay, you need to stop thinking, uh, I need to make healthy food choices. I'm eating healthy. No, you just become a healthy person. Yeah. You don't want to become, you don't want to become someone who reads. You want to become a reader. You want to become a reader. You don't become someone who's rides horses. You become a horse rider. Okay. And that's it. I went, I went from, I went from student to military officer in my head. And then I was like, I need to lead by example. I just grew up very quickly. Age 19. I was like, time to time to get my shit together what 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 was the switch then was it the fact that if i don't do this it's i'm gonna go there and look like an idiot i don't know what was the switch? no it was it was if i don't do this i can't go there like if i don't do this i'm resigning myself to a career in finance like my entire family and living the societal dream which i just knew wasn't for me 100 i love that it's a it's always an interesting question is go to people if you don't do this what happens yeah I, I now do that on my on my client calls. Yeah, I'm I'm exact I'm exactly the same because I think sometimes when people end up uh, uncomfortably comfortable or just uncomfortable, um, you almost have to demonize where you are right now, and you want to have to fucking change so bad. Give yourself no other option, or you yeah. otherwise you will not start. You're, you're giving yourself 
an easy out. yourself a bulletproof why a bulletproof why and that was it like I, it was consequence mapping it was like i do not want this for me anymore like I, I would actually flip the words you just used and say i was so comfortable in my uncomfortableness like i'd kind of made myself a domain there and i was like this is great i'm super happy and it i just wasn't yeah i'm super happy <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm super happy, super happy. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> i love it so um on that what would be your top advice you would give to someone like say right now obviously it's january time um who's looking to start or is just kind of started or about to start their fitness journey what would your top advice be if it was to be one thing totally um i think you know if someone doing it on their own it would be find the right level of education to give you the tools you need to implement something that's going to work and then stop educating and go implement like get the the basic knowledge of energy balance and simple training modalities that you can comprehend and sleep and then just focus on that and just eliminate all of the other bullshit because otherwise you'll get drowned in information and you'll get paralysis by analysis and you'll never actually do anything other option if you don't have the time you don't have the desire you don't have the motivation or energy to educate reach out to someone like you or me like there's people there who want to help you who have done it before who can make that path a lot lot simpler if you're in a position to do that do it if not don't get overwhelmed by information. Imperfect action is far better than perfect inaction. It's one of my favorite phrases is paralysis by analysis. Um, just about, it's funny. I literally on that, it's exactly the same from the start of my fitness journey. I, uh, I'd done mini cut, done cuts and things in the past, got into okay shape, but always kind of rebounded, gone back to square one, potentially yo-yoed a little bit. And then I finally got a coach. And I got a really good coaches, worked with Brad Lumez from 3DMJ. And that's when my training went nuts, my nutrition went nuts, my physique went nuts, my education, my just inspiration and complete outlook on training, nutrition, lifestyle, mindset, sleep habits, recovery, the whole shabam just completely changed. Like generally, that was one of the biggest catalysts to one, my transformation off the back of that transformation, AS being born and growing to kind of where it is. Um, on the kind of education front, what would some of the top resources you would recommend for maybe someone who is looking to educate them a little bit more, themselves a little bit more? But obviously it depends on the style of learner. Um, like obviously some people love to read, some people love to listen, some people love to watch, but like there is a ton of people who cross all of those domains who have a ton of resources on the net that you can go to. Like one of my favorites is just encouraging people to follow Lane Norton or Spencer Nadolsky on Instagram for nutrition because they post it in a really digestible way, loads of memes, but the content is really, really good. If you're interested in learning about sleep, I send them to Aaron Huberman, you know, and, and the Huberman Lab podcast. And if they're interested in training, like all the, the simple ones, you yeah, know, yeah. Louis Simmons, Dan John, uh, Thibodeau, uh, Pavel Tatsulin. Um, if, the, if that's the information they want, I just send them back to the, the gods of fitness um, because I'm like, that's where I learn from. Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, I think anyone who's thinking about taking their fitness seriously should just read the Muscle and Strength Pyramids. Yeah. yeah. I've literally got it on the shelf behind me. Yeah, I was about to point at mine thinking I was at home saying me too, but I'm not. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of bath in an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, mine's, uh, mine's over there along with a few other things. Yeah, they're gold. And then uh, one for me, which I think is actually fan, like really, really good for someone who's kind of like quite beginner, um, is a bit more visual, is Jeff Nippard. Um, okay. Just because he... Really have you not really looked at his stuff? Um, he's on he's, he's incredible YouTube, just like the production of them is insane, the editing, and he makes really complicated stuff really freaking simple um he's got some incredible programs okay. like that as well like re really really interesting guy um very very digestible so i think anywhere between like if you're looking super basic like 
exactly. <laughs> Lane, Lane Norton on nutrition, just his Instagram is phenomenal. Um, Jeff Nippard, he's got training and nutrition, muscle and strength pyramids. Um, those are like your key fundamentals. If you do that, like you, you know enough to get a transformation. Then the big thing comes, can you hold yourself to the standards that you need to? That's stay- what I mean. That's what I mean. So like, if someone has the kind of motivation that I do, like they're the basics of education. And to be honest, they're not the things I went to back then. Like I already thought I knew how to train. So I just kept doing that and did it more intensely and picked up CrossFit. I went to my mum and just kind of digested all the Slimming World stuff, sifted through the bullshit and took what I liked and then sleep, stress, all that other stuff. I just stopped drinking and partying. I was like, that was easy. Um, but like, like you said, if I was going to send someone to references now, I think we pretty much have the same list. Yeah. Also, it depends, depends who you are and what your, obviously your goals, but like, if you're looking to like, I know a lot of my listeners are people who are going from like, good to great they're already trained there they're in okay shape but they're going to good yeah. to great if you're sally from around the corner who wants to turn a bingo wings probably wouldn't go there you're probably just gonna go oh fuck yeah um, totally i mean your your listeners i'd send them to lyle mcdonald yeah yeah too right um great one um so what was the biggest mistake that actually sorry bring that back obviously i want to know because obviously you mentioned that your mum did like slimming world to lose some of the weight did you ever try the Slimming World stuff? I know you said you kind of looked at it and digested it. Did you ever fall for any kind of like gimmicky fad diets or anything like that? I know I did. Uh, honestly, no, um, because I never actually kind of went with it, went to her with it like that. I lost my weight much quicker than time. she lost hers because it took her longer. Um, and she actually ended up then becoming a consultant for them for a while because wow. her belief in it was so high as like a part-time job. Um, but no, I just kind of took that and started to understand the science of nutrition because obviously that was the perspective that I approached everything from back then and then just started to pass that information down I was like oh this is really simple um when you get it to that kind of level um and didn't overcomplicate it but like obviously that was my exposure um but like I saw it work for her so you know obviously does it it, because of the nature of it it was not going to work for everyone but she just showed up consistently and like she still talks about that stuff to this day when I'm at home in England. Right. So it, it changed her life. At the end yeah, of the day, it, it changed her life. So it's, um, I think so many people bastardize different diets and things like that. And although I think, um, yes, they should, there's always a better approach for certain things, but at the end of the day, it's the best diet, the one that you can stick to and you can see results for. As long as you, under, as long as you understand the mechanic, mechanics behind it in terms of I'm doing keto, eating carbs isn't going to make you fat. It's because you're not eating as much food and you're in a calorie deficit. How you achieve that is completely up to you. Um, and which is, I think, one of the biggest problems with the fitness industry. It's just full of people fucking slating each other and slating different approaches and things like that. If you enjoy CrossFit, fucking crack on. If you enjoy powerlifting, fucking crack on. If you enjoy low carb and you like it, crack on. But I like my pasta, okay? <laughs> totally. Dude, I love that. I mean, I eat plenty of carbs, but I actually just did the DNA fit from uh, the sleep optimization webinar. Cause I'd already done a 23 and me DNA test. Yeah. And I intuitively know I like a high fat diet and the DNA test comes back. Genotype suited to low carb. We recommend 50% fat, 25% protein, 25% carbs. And like, I've never got that low with it, but I'm actually going to give it a go in the next few months and just see how it responds. Cause it's like, I kind of know, knew that to be true, but it's really interesting. So like yeah. whatever works. And actually yeah. you can get a lot of information about it these days. The technology is out there. The information is out there. Yeah. It's so fast. I've never, never done DNA, blood analysis, anything like that. I'd find it. Uh, I need to do it. It'd be really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you make, go on the, go on the members area, check, go back to Angus Buckle's stuff and yeah, make, or, make, or maybe hit him up because the, the DNA fit thing full de- you know, genetic, you know, genotyping, but then related to nutrition and diet and stuff, you, you might find it interesting. 
Yeah. Oh no, I would find it interesting. I just should do it. I'll send you mine after, and you should you yeah. should do it. Yeah, send it to me. I'll be interested in that. Um, all right, and then okay, what what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in your health and fitness journey? That's a tough one. That's a whole podcast in itself, mate. It, it is. <laughs> I mean, I've I've made many mistakes, right? Like, um, I, I mean, obviously, as a kid, I was not in a position to invest in a coach, but like. I could have gone to better people to pass my information from rather than the bros that I ended up in. Cause I was in like a steroid munching old school powerlifting gym um, with a bunch of meatheads. And I didn't really learn anything of use from them. The first proper good coach I had was when I was 19 and I started doing CrossFit cause I went to a gym in my local town, which was run by an American expat who had been to regionals and the games and was like a really elite athlete across a number of uh, modalities. And so he was the first coach I had, who was actually like really well-informed. And then I ended up being coached by a CrossFit games athlete who was even more well-informed and just started to pass information from these people. Um, then I would say when I was in Thailand and I was coaching full-time for the first time back in, you know, 2017, 2018, I started to really push myself in specific areas, right? So like I'd mastered the muscle up from CrossFit and my only goal at that time was to improve my squat and deadlift and get to 10 strict ring muscle ups. And so my training was basically back squats and pull-ups, deadlifts and dips, muscle ups. And that, that, was, that was all I did plus Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu and et cetera. Like that was it. And I ended up pushing so hard for it with no pre-work, no prep, no accessory work, no training, you know, like, kind of remedial stuff that I blew out my shoulder. And since I've been in Sydney, like I've been dealing with constant tendinopathy. I've been dealing with, you know, old ankle injuries from rugby that have just, you know, sprains that I never worked on. And now I've basically taken my fitness back to ground zero to kind of build it up again in the way that I want it to be. And like, you know, I'll, you know, for your listeners more than happy to say it, like we had a conversation about me working with you not too long ago and I'm still, I'd still be keen for that at some point, but like at the moment I'm trying to go on this journey that is, it is a journey. Like it's, it's a fitness journey and it's nothing to do with my aesthetics. So like, I'm sure I'll be back with you at another point to learn from you in multiple areas. But like right now I've actually just found someone to work with locally who I think is going to be really, really helpful on that journey. So when you're in the position, get the advice for what you want that works for your goals. Because I just didn't. I just pushed on. I was like, I can push through this because that was the military training. And that's just not correct. Like, this life is a long life. I would caution people against, you know, obviously you do a really good job of it. But, like, hasty progress is not always good progress. Don't just push on for no reason. I would say you want to get results as quickly as you can in a sustainable manner. Mm -hmm. Which is a which is like a cat which is like a catch twenty two because sure you could lose fuck knows like two percent of your body weight a week but realistically is that actually gonna be beneficial in the long term probably not okay I'd rather you lose zero point five one percent or whatever it might be and hold hold the changes because we all know how uh, I've yo-yoed and you beat yourself up in your head. and then also I think everyone a lot of people come to us and they'll say like oh I want I want more confidence I think confidence is earned. Confidence is not something you get. Confidence comes from your ability to say something and fucking follow through on it. Okay. 
and we got a ambulance going past just as we're talking I can about see the lights on your screen just, as, just, uh, just as we're talking about injuries <laughs> and, <laughs> good timing yeah but like i think that confidence is earned from building trust in yourself so every time you set yourself up to fail you go too aggressive <laughs> get to like hit those hasty results and you fail subconsciously you're basically telling yourself that when you set goals you can't fucking achieve them you're not a person of your word so yes you, so you don't keep your promise to yourself absolutely Exactly. Um, so was this kind of this injury, the kind of big transition into you being so big on kind of functional movement patterns and kind of flexibility, mobility and that kind of stuff? I would say yes, professionally, no, personally. Like I've been interested in that basically since I did my transformation. The reason being it facilitated my martial arts. Like obviously it wasn't relevant to rugby, but like I also trained jujitsu, Muay Thai, kickboxing, wrestling it's really, really crucial for all of those things to have length and strength in length as well as power. So like all of the stuff that carried over from my rugby, like it's been part of my training for a while. Like I've always been a conscientious stretcher. I mean, since 1920, I've always done, you know, recovery, but like it kind of came, became part of my journey professionally after that injury for sure. Um, and it wasn't too long after that injury that I actually ended up going to India with my missus and doing my yoga teacher training, which was absolutely spectacular. And now I bring together like functional mobility stuff that I've learned from physios and osteos and rehab professionals, CrossFit coaches, just along with the kind of yoga aspects. And now I just want to be strong and supple and savage. So like I want all of the things, literally all of the things. Triple S. And, you know, off the back of that injury was when I started to really dive into rehab and mobility as part of my coaching. But even while I was in Thailand, I had a client who I still post about to this day, who in two months dropped 20 kilos with me, but also rehabbed an ACL. And like, that's not a sustainable rate of weight loss, but that's what he wanted. Like that was not my advice. That's what he wanted to do. He yeah. came to Thailand for like a health kick. Um, honestly, couldn't tell you right now how well he sustained it. I haven't spoken in a little while. I need to reach out to him. But yeah, like it kind of started in that Thailand period, but the injury exacerbated it because I started exploring it with myself. I was like, what can I do about these ankles that are, you know just don't bend because they're so sprained from rugby? What can I do about this this shoulder? You know, and from the shoulder and still trying to do weights, I started to get tendinopathy in both elbows. What can I do to fix that? And it just started to become something I've explored with clients. And like, I've taken on stuff that. I definitely haven't been qualified for, but I've told the client, you know, I don't know exactly what I'm, what I'm up against here, but I want to learn. And if you're willing to trust me, let's do it. And I've worked with multiple clients who have had shoulder reconstructions to get them back to heavy overhead presses and handstands and support holds. I've had knees, I've had ankles. It's become a personal fascination. Yeah, it's, and it's probably really, really fulfilling taking someone from essentially, potentially crippled or can't freaking move to feeling unstoppable um i can imagine massively massive yeah totally man like i mean obviously i really love that you preach performance as well as aesthetics but i would say that you know when i can get my message to enough people like i go even one step further like i really believe that your pillars of fitness can be whatever you want them to be and i still carry that on from crossfit to this day like coordination and balance is part of your fitness like agility is part of your fitness you know, all of this stuff is part of your fitness. And I think that's because of being a lifelong martial artist, but like, I want to be able to take people from terribly injured to healthy, to high performing. And even if it means I never really specialize well at any of those areas, like being able to hold someone's hand through that whole journey just makes me feel really, really great. And like, I suspect that at some point in my career, I'll go back to uni and, and qualify as a physio. Exciting, man. I love that. So here's an interesting question for you, um, which I think would be really beneficial for people to hear the difference between. What's the difference between flexibility and mobility? 
active and passive. Simple version. Simple version. So flexibility is your passive range and uh, mobility is your active range. So like a great example is if you're sitting on the floor with your legs outstretched and you reach down to touch your toes, that is the passive range of your calves, hamstrings, lower back. Now, if you sit upright, you put your hands on the floor and then you try and lift your leg. That is the active range of your hamstring, calf, lower back under force from your quadricep, your hip flexor, your abs. So like that's the most simple difference that your listeners can probably visualize, but like that applies in all different areas. And so like, for example, being able to drop down into the splits is a demonstration of flexibility to be able to slide yourself back up from the slits to standing is mobility. Gold. That's absolutely gold. I just think that'd be an interesting because I know so many people obviously get it, get it mixed up and they don't understand the kind of between the two different ones. Yeah, totally. And I, I don't know what your expect exploration of that world is like personally, but like what you typically find, well, then we should talk later. But what you typically find is you've got people like yourself or other strength athletes who are really, really strong, really powerful, really athletic, high performing, but their flexibility is terrible. And so actually their mobility might not be too great. So like, for example, you can squat heaps heavier than I can, but I would be interested to see what you felt comfortable squatting completely arse to grass with your heels on your heels on your butt versus a parallel squat, for example. Um, whereas squat, squat, I'd be okay, but other movements I'd be fucked. Yeah. 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 That's just, 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 it's just, just an example. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then like the other end of the curve is your yogis who are incredibly flexible and can lay in a full split and put their head on their knee and, and fold themselves into, you know, contortion shapes. But if you ask them to perform a feat of strength, they can't do anything. And so like, I have the, the most respect now for the athletes who are the most mobile, who can show both strength and flexibility. And the people that I look up to the most are the ones who, you know, could do like a weighted pistol squat or like a deficit deadlift with hundred kilos standing on five plates, like, demonstrating both of those things together is what I look up to the most. So I respect, I love that as well. Um, so like, again, obviously you've traveled around a lot and obviously now you're kind of settled in Oz with the misses and things like that. Yeah. Um, how have you found the move out there from obviously like the UK and things? Oh dude, UK, 18 months in Thailand, two years in, in Sydney. It's been an adventure. Um, honestly, I'm glad that I came to Sydney when I did because I'd be out of COVID by two months and being stuck in Thailand on an internship contract at a gym would have been absolutely fucking terrible. Um, at least in Sydney, I was able to build a life. And also because Australia kind of had this big lag time with COVID because of the borders shutting, I was actually able to reassemble my business again. So like January 2020 moved here, built up to a roster of you know, 45, 50 PT sessions, 30 clients-ish. March 2020 lockdown came. Most of them had only known me for two months, so almost all of them quit. Then I went outside and started marketing myself on Facebook and picking up clients and built a, an outdoor business. Then the gym reopened in June and half of those people went back to their old gyms or whatever. And then I'm picking up clients for the third time. So I've got really, really good at sales, which I you know, already was, but anyway. Um, built a business for the third time in 2020 and that's kind of stayed solid since. And then I made the transition into starting to work on the online stuff. So that's been four months now, going really well. Um, nothing like yours, but I'm working on it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been an adventure, but like I'm looking forward to the next part of it already. Like I'm sure that me and my missus will end up settling in Sydney eventually, but we're already kind of softly talking about moving to Canada next year because she's an actor. And so we want her to be able to pursue her acting career. Um, and that would be one of the best places for it that we can actually get a visa. 
Yeah, Canada, Canada looks insane. That's high on my list as well. We, were, uh, Me and Kevin Alex were actually talking about maybe going to Whistler and yeah. doing like a couple of months there because uh, I've only been skiing a couple of times, but I'd love to actually do like a couple of months and actually get fairly reasonable at it. Um, Same here. Same yeah. here. I've only been once in my life and I'm desperate to go again. But it's about one of the most expensive hobbies you can uh, you can have. And I've chosen uh, scuba diving and skydiving. So skiing's kind of taken a little bit lower yeah. down there. So I, precedence. I did my uh did my first skydive in Dubai and I'm really, really yeah. tempted to do my uh instructor's course. It's literally I think it's literally like two two grand and it's like a week's yeah. a week's course and that's it. Yeah. So I'm four jumps into that course and then lockdown happened. So I've done four single jumps. Um how was, like I how was so, jumping out the plane on for on your own for the first time? Amazing. Yeah. I've never done a tandem, I just went straight in. I was like, you know, fucking let's send it. Send it. <laughs> into the bushes <laughs> exactly i mean the, well, i actually landed on my feet on my second jump yeah flared landed on my feet i was like yeah i got this natural um it. <laughs> I, I i am skydiving <laughs> <laughs> insane um dude i love it i always i always like to hit with like a, a few fast-paced kind of like um quick fire questions uh, at the end but i like a couple of power questions as well uh what's one piece of advice you give to your younger self do what you're passionate about, not what you think you should do to please other people. Gold. Fucking gold. I could not agree with that anymore. Uh, if, I think if you've got passion and you've got drive, well, I think drive comes from passion as well, um, and you're willing to put in the fucking work and surround yourself with the right people, it's limitless. Dude, I, I think if I'd have realised that when I was a kid, I would be in your shoes five years ago rather than now. Yeah. You know, like rather than just trying to build towards it now at 29, but you know, everyone marches to the beat of their own drum and I'm very, very happy with the awesome life experience that I've had. But yeah, I, I just wish I had learned that lesson as a kid rather than just following in the footsteps of my forefathers, you know? Yeah, I was, I was really, really lucky because there's one thing my mum, my mum always told me when I was a kid is like, you can do anything if you put mind to it, but do anything. There's one lesson that they always drummed in with me and I'm so thankful for it because I think it, I think that's the re reason that I've never, I've, I've only ever really been self-employed. Bar helping out my old tennis, helping out my tennis club a little bit and things like that. Literally, I started the business when I was like just like 16, 17. Mate, that's, um, that's, that's courageous. Like, this is the thing. The one of the messages that I had drilled into my head, and absolutely no offense to my old man, but there's no chance he's going to hear this. I used to ask him, like, why don't you, you know, run your own company? Why don't you do this? And he used to say, I, I just don't want that responsibility. Like I'm really, really good at being someone else's number two. Like I'm really good at solving problems. I'm really good at expanding upon ideas, but like original ideas, you know, it's just not for me. And I, uh, I guess I convinced myself the same thing. That's why I'm finding content so hard. Yeah, there we go. It's, um, it's, a, it's a, obviously we, we both worked with Kieran in some domain. It's incredible how, uh, lessons and traits and things like that we get from our parents like or even grandparents things like that how much your environment and things like that has a massive effect on certain things when you can understand it then you can kind of deal with it um if you could go to dinner with two people dead or alive who would it be oh one question um john danaher although none of your listeners will have heard um, of him but he, john danaher so he's the he's the guy he's like a, a really senior jiu-jitsu black belt who's got like a broken leg but he trains all of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the world he's an absolute animal and he, he talks about everything like a scientist like leverage and angles and forces and you know physicists and jiu-jitsu guys dream um and then i don't yeah so that's you know one there and then i'd probably go with with pavel pavel tatsulin because i absolutely 
love everything he's done with the military special forces kettlebell fitness i love simple fitness like i start that's why i started to get into calisthenics that's why i've started to get into so much movement training like it shouldn't be hard to just train with a lump of iron in your body weight like respect to resistance training and powerlifting and bodybuilding and using all the tools that we have but like you can have a fit strong healthy body with nothing and we should enable people to think like that because then they can start to think creatively and freely about their fitness gold um and then these are quick fire what do you need to do less of in your life procrastinate about content just get stuff out there because i know a lot i just need to share it with people and stop being so fucking afraid dude i think you need to start a podcast because you've come across insanely well on this and then you can just soundbite it all it'll be sorted just sit there and talk sit sit there and talk to the camera for an hour and that's content for a month done um what, what do you need okay. to do? sounds good there you go what, what do you need to do more of um I would say just proactively reaching out to people who engage with me, who I know probably do want my help, right? Because I am good at what I do. I can help people. I need to do more thinking about how to message the right people who think the same way that I do, because I can't be the only one. And what do you need to stop? This is my favorite. What do I need to stop? getting distracted by the low-hanging fruit. Yep. And it, like, I'm, I'm a visionary, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a big thinker. I've got big, I'm, big ambitions, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm exactly the same. It's, so, it's been so funny being here, being here with Anna. And obviously, we're literally just talking about, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about this idea? What do you think about this? He's like, stop having these ideas and just fucking continuously, like, you know, stuff works. Just keep doing what you're doing and do more of it. Dude, like, you know I'm what? Like, I, yeah. I hear you so hard because I've actually watched your hot seat a few times. And I just love the bit where, like, I, I, I want you to put this as a soundbite on your podcast for me, please, all right? <laughs> Strategy, tactics, do the dog work. Yeah, right? there we go. I hear, I hear that in my head, right? Because I could just live at strategy because mm -hmm. I, I have all these visions of different things I want to do. And by doing that, they just stay dreams. So tactics is saying yes to something like this, even though it's eight o'clock on a Friday night and I'd love to be having a beer. This is awesome. I've had so much fun. And then doing the dog work is you like you said i've got this set up right here why the fuck don't i just start recording myself mm -hmm. there we go mic so, drop there you go mic drop Boff. um honestly dude thank you so much for coming on it's been absolutely incredible just want to let know everybody where they could find you obviously i'll leave the links in the show notes below as well but yeah appreciate that man uh, just samuel k norton coaching on instagram that's the only one for now um when the podcast is live you'll hear about it on there because it will be soon thank you si yeah. um but i don't want to send you guys to too many different places if you're interested in learning a little bit more about mobility, functional training, come to me. If you want fat loss, size your guy, stay with him. He's a beast. Appreciate it, my man. Guys, again, thank you so much. Please make sure that you give this a share to your Instagram story. Give us both a tag. We'd massively, massively appreciate it. Need a hand of absolute anything, please feel free to drop us both a message. And again, Sam, mate, massive thank you for coming on. Speak to you soon, guys. Catch you later.